Well, it's a new year, and we want to be wise this new year, right? So to be wise, to learn how to be wise, young men, you know the first nine chapters of Proverbs are written specifically to you, young men. So we're just going to look at a couple verses from Proverbs 3. If you please stand, it's just two verses, but please stand while we read from God's Word. This is the Word of the Lord, and it is eternally true. Proverbs 3, 11 and 12. My son, do not reject the discipline of the Lord, or loathe his reproof. For whom the Lord loves, he reproves, even as a father corrects the son in whom he delights. This is the word of the Lord. Please be seated. So there are two types of people in the Proverbs. Anyone shout it out? Two types of people. The fool and the wise man, right? The wise and the foolish. And that's one way we could say it. There are two types of people in the Proverbs. But here's the thing. It's not quite simple enough to say it's the wise man and the fool. It's better to ask, what makes the wise man wise, and what makes the foolish man foolish? Here's the thing. Two types of people, and they both receive, they both get disciplined. And the difference between the wise man and the foolish man is that the wise man gets disciplined, and he receives it. And he learns from it. But the foolish man, the foolish woman, the foolish child gets discipline and they don't learn from it. So that's a more helpful distinction. It's nice to say, okay, you have the wise individuals and then you have the foolish individuals. Like when I say, think of someone wise, you have someone in mind, right? But it's not just enough, it's not quite as helpful to have just this theoretical definition of wise or a theoretical definition of foolish. So keep that in mind as God's word is open to you this morning. If you're wise, you learn from the discipline that you're given. And if you're foolish, you reject the discipline that you're given. Why are the wise wise? Have they just been given a special amount of wisdom and they've never been disciplined all their lives? Of course not. They've received discipline. The thing is that they've learned from it. The foolish man simply rejects his discipline. So in this sense, age does not equal wisdom. There are some old people who are about as foolish as they come, right? Because they've cultivated a lifetime of never learning from their discipline. So age doesn't necessarily equal wisdom, just like there are some young people who, for their age, are pretty wise because they've been taught from a young age to learn from their discipline. Young men... And young ladies here, you want to be wise. And I don't just mean you want to be wise. I know that you actually want to be wise. 
I know because when I was a young man, I wanted to be really wise. I'm still relatively young. I'm 31. But as a young man, I wanted to be wise. Or rather, as a young man, I wanted to be thought of as wise. Does that describe you, young men and young ladies, a little better? You want to be thought of as smart, thought of as wise. But wisdom comes from receiving correction, learning from the discipline that God gives you. And that, I tell myself, I can do without. I'll do without the discipline and the correction. Thank you very much. Right? I'll take the wisdom, but not the discipline. Because that sounds painful. That sounds like it hurts. That sounds like work. Again, I want to be thought of as wise, as being wise myself, more often than I want to actually be wise. You young men and women, you think of yourself as so wise at a young age. You know everything, right? And the more you think that way about yourself, the less it's actually true of you. If you want to be wise, you want to know the test, whether you're young and becoming wise, you want to know the test? Next time your dad or mom correct you and discipline you, be thankful for it. You know, dad and mom, I'm just so grateful that you gave me that whooping. That was such a blessing to me. Of course, we wouldn't talk like that. First of all, that just sounds weird. But it's the spirit of it. I am thankful that I have a dad and mom who love me enough to correct me when I go wrong. That's the spirit that you young people should have. So I'll discipline my children, and they'll be crying. (laughs) Of course, I tell them, so you're crying to me now, but when I told you not to do the thing, that you just went full ahead and did, you weren't very remorseful at that point, right? And now you're crying, oh, you got such tears. So this is the point that I drive home with them. They'll disobey, they'll be crying when I discipline them, and I'll look at them and I'll say, look, I'm not the offender here, you're the offender. I gave you a specific command, you didn't obey, And so now I'm blessing you with discipline and correction. You're welcome. And sometimes I'll tell them, now what do you tell daddy? (laughs) Thank you. You should be thankful for it. You're welcome. You were asking for it. And so I'm here to bless you with it. You're welcome. I love them. Even as a father corrects the son in whom he delights. Have you ever known people who it was clear had never been corrected by their father or mother? I'm getting some nods, some thinking, some people are thinking, that describes me a little too closely. You know any people who were clearly never corrected by dad and mom? Never, never disciplined them. First of all, If dad and mom never disciplined them, no matter what they say, they did not love their children. 
you know, some people, my kid's going crazy. Oh, I know. I'll give him another chocolate bar. That'll help. Listen, a dad or mom who does not discipline their children hates their child. Proverbs 13, 24. He who withholds his rod hates his son, but he who loves him disciplines him diligently. Boys and girls, are you disciplined and corrected by your dad and mom? Boys and girls, are you not disciplined? Are you not corrected by your dad and mom? Those children are bastard children, is what the Bible says. We'll read that here in a little bit from Hebrews. But really, have you ever known people who were clearly never corrected by dad and mom? You probably haven't met many adults like this. You know why? Because they're probably either in jail or they're dead. And that is a fact. Maybe you know people, young men specifically, who rushed headlong into sin, thinking I can do whatever I want, whenever I want, jail or death. Often is how those things turn out. Listen, Proverbs 23. Do not hold back discipline from the child. Although you strike him with the rod, he will not die. Listen to this. Do you know that discipline is commanded in Proverbs? It's actually commanded. You shall strike him with the rod and rescue his soul from Sheol. And that's not figurative. That that isn't a stand-in for stand in the corner for 10 minutes. And now there, you can get creative with discipline. That might be exactly what one of your children need. But right here, you shall strike him with the rod and rescue his soul from Sheol. Matthew 15, Jesus is quoting the Old Testament. For God said, honor your father and mother, and he who speaks evil of father or mother is to be put to death. Now I'm going to give a very direct warning to you young people. You may not curse your dad and mom to their face, but if you're getting corrected and you find yourself muttering, dad and mom, and and muttering curses about them, you understand the Old Testament is full of not only warnings against cursing dad and mom, dishonoring and disobeying and being rebellious against them, but often it's a lot of death sentences throughout the Old Testament. Do not curse or dishonor your dad and mom. Colossians 3, For it is because of these things that the wrath of God will come upon the sons of disobedience. You do not know a lot of adults who were never disciplined because they're either in jail, they thought they could do whatever they want, whenever they wanted. Listen, that is, kids raised in that home, that is the worst kind of, of child abuse imaginable. Now, it's true, there are some really bad kinds of abuse, real abuse. But for a child to always get his own way is terrible child abuse. And that's a condition a lot of youths in America find themselves. Because it leaves the child unrestrained to commit the worst sins. Anyone remember examples from Scripture of this? Think of King David. He had a couple sons. Absalom, 
went for insurrection of the entire kingdom over his father. And David's crying, Oh, Absalom, my son, my son. And what is it? Joab, who challenges David, and says, David, you need to stop this. You would be happy if, if today all of Israel was dead and your son Absalom was alive. It's a good friend. Now, Joab has his sins in Scripture, but he was a good friend to challenge David there. You think of King David and his son Adonijah. Anyone know their Bible? Know what it says about Adonijah? Well, 1 Kings 1, I saw a couple nods out there. Does anyone know what it says about Adonijah? And King David specifically. 1 Kings 1, listen to this. Now Adonijah, the son of Haggith, exalted himself, saying, I will be king. So he prepared for himself chariots and horsemen with 50 men to run before him. His father, and here's what I want you to hear, his father had never crossed him at any time by asking, why have you done so? And he was also a very handsome man. He was a very handsome man. And he was born after Absalom. So you think about Adonijah and how often we're so fooled by appearances. The beautiful, we don't want to discipline, we don't want to cross as much. We're so vain. Kids who grow up and are not disciplined, they grow up, they commit crimes, thinking they can do whatever they want, whenever they want, and so they're locked up in jail with the other convicts, right? Or they've never made it that far. Undisciplined children thought they could do anything they wanted, and they ended up literally getting themselves killed. So kids, look around. You've made it this far. We've got different ages out there. In part, it's because you have received some amount of discipline in your life. Thank God for that. Men and women here, you've lived a little longer. You've received quite a lot of discipline over the years. I know I have. Some very painful discipline. Most of it at that time, you thought, well, I don't deserve this. I can do without this. But all discipline you have received, you've needed every bit of it. 2016 was full of discipline. Learn from it. Don't forget the discipline God has brought you through. So discipline comes in various ways. The whole state of Ohio was disciplined last night. You think, well, what are you talking about? Well, the cultural idol got shellacked by Clemson. Right? Now, I'm from Fort Wayne, Indiana, so I'm a, I grew up in the Bobby Knight days. I'm a Redbone Hoosier fan. IU basketball, because the IU football team is not an idol even worth propping up, right? Well, my IU basketball team lost yesterday, too. And I mean it. It was discipline from God last night for the whole state of Ohio who idolizes the Ohio State football team. And you think, come on, idolatry? You've got to understand, 
you look at the stadiums, and they are arenas of worship. You think the war paint that people put on. I mean, some people prepare for the game the whole week before, right after the last game, and it's a way of life. How many people are depressed once football season's over, right? But the IU basketball team, if you still don't believe me that it's idolatry, seven minutes to go in the second half, this is a tradition that still happens at Assembly Hall in Indiana. So you have a couple male cheerleaders, they lift up a guy, he's waving the IU flag, and they're spinning around, and they got everyone whipped up into a frenzy. Think about worship. Think about pagan idolatry. Anyway, they're raising the IU flag, and everyone's cheering and hollering, and the female cheerleaders, or you could say the cult prostitutes, literally get around the flag and bow down and prostrate themselves to the IU flag. If that's not idolatry, I don't know what is. But Ohio State, the idol over here is the Ohio State football team. No way, no, no way around it. Now, Indiana basketball has been disciplined. My idolatry has been disciplined for years now through various reasons. Sure, I still love IU basketball, but cheer for your team. I mean, I know Tom Thistleton, of anyone, he's going to cheer and root for, for victory. That's wonderful. That's a good thing. But it's in God's hand that your team will lose, and it's discipline, and it's a good thing. When our idols come crashing down, maybe it's not sports for you. Music, arts, culture, whenever we have idols that we set up, and God takes those idols away, or he makes them not quite as appealing to us, that is discipline from God, and it's a good thing. Twenty sixteen was full of discipline, so let the discipline be a constant reminder through twenty seventeen. So if you'll please turn with me in your Bibles to Hebrews twelve. Our passage was from Proverbs three, but the writer to the Hebrews expands on this in Hebrews. Hebrews twelve. It opens with hope and encouragement as we look to the future. And then it explains a father's discipline of his children. Hebrews 12, 1 through 11. Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Verse 4, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding blood in your striving against sin. And you have forgotten the exhortation which is addressed to you as sons. Here he quotes from Proverbs 3. My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor faint when you are reproved by him. 
For those whom the Lord loves, he disciplines, and he scourges every son whom he receives. It is for discipline that you endure. God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? But if you are without discipline, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Furthermore, we had earthly fathers to discipline us, and we respected them. Shall we not much rather be subject to the Father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time, as seemed best to them. But he disciplines us for our good, so that we may share his holiness. All discipline for the moment seems not to be joyful, but sorrowful. Yet to those who have been trained by it, afterwards it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. Amen? Listen, our afflictions, your afflictions, they don't come by chance. Your trouble doesn't come from Mother Nature. You did not just happen to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. God directs your joy and your blessings, and God directs your discipline and your afflictions. And I'll tell you something, we learn more from our discipline and our trouble and our afflictions than we do from our joy and blessings. Think, if, if it was just joyful and happy all the time, if it was summer break all the time, I got some smiles over here. That was a really good smile. Eyes wide open. You actually would not enjoy it as much. Because if you didn't have the contrast of the difficult school year with the joy of the summer break, then you wouldn't know the joy of summer break. You understand? We're here on Sunday morning, and if we didn't work the last six days, we wouldn't enjoy the rest of a Sunday, the rest that we get. And if you come here and you're restless, well, you probably didn't work very hard the last six days. A mother would not nearly enjoy the birth of a child if she did not go through the discipline and suffering nine, ten months of pregnancy and then however many hours of labor. It was 28 hours with Moses. And I despised him a little bit when he came out. He's smiling back there. You don't know what you did to your mother. So you understand the contrast. Through difficulty, God teaches us holiness. You read of the holy people in Scripture. It's true God gave them wisdom and holiness, but it was through hardship, all of them, all of the saints. They've learned from discipline. And if you reject God's discipline of you, then you're ultimately saying, God, I don't need your discipline. God, you're not my father but He is our Father. And He always knows what type of discipline we need, and He always knows exactly when to give it. We dads and moms here are not so wise. Sometimes we simply discipline because we're inconvenienced. Sometimes we sin by being carried, we care more about our own honor than we do about our children being raised to be godly. Sometimes you parents do your children wrong 
by perfectly seeing the sins of some of your children and cultivating ignorance with the sins of some of your other children. Some children's sins are very easy to see. Like some children just ask for discipline. I've actually had a couple times, Daddy, Mommy, I need a spanking. Because they know they've just been bad, and so their sins are so clear to see. And when they ask for it, of course they need discipline. But other children are more sneaky and conniving and lying with their sins. I was, I was one of those kids. So my sister was a good student in school. I was a good student. And then my little brother, Daniel, oh, he was such a troublemaker, and he'd just be out there in the open. Here I am in all my rebellious glory. And he got a lot of discipline. And now he's served for over a decade in the United States Air Force. And he's doing a really good job. And you bet he's still getting discipline every day. He's in the United States military, of course. Man, when, if any of you guys are thinking about the military, let me just say, you won't forget the phone call to dad and mom after boot camp. Talk about discipline and humility. But... Again, some of your children, they're very overt and out there in the open with their sins. Some are more conniving. They're sneaky and lying about their sins. That kid is in a far more dangerous place. In fact, the kid that you see his sins perfectly, it's probably true that that child you're more short-tempered with, that child probably actually needs more of your affection and your attention. So one of my children, who shall rename, remain nameless, she was like this, ah! running around. Literally, that's how she was. She was crazy. And I was so short-tempered with her. She was just crazy. And I looked at Jessica one night, just watching this child run around insane, and I said, she needs more of our affection and our attention. She's asking for attention, and so we need to give it to her. And so that child who's crazy, sit down with them and calm them down. Listen to what they have to say. They'll say some of the most hilarious things you've ever heard in your life, by the way. But the child who you're not inclined to discipline, they obviously need more of your discipline. Get a good understanding of all the sins of all your children. Remember, kids, you're not the only ones who receive discipline. The oldest one here receives discipline in many ways. Our Father in heaven disciplines all of us. The oldest one here is we are all his children. God gives us a boss who disciplines us. Those of us studying have teachers who discipline us. They teach us that discipline so that we'll be productive when we get out of school. God gives us friends who discipline us. Husbands have a wife who disciplines them. Wives have a husband who disciplines them. We even get discipline from our children. We learn all kinds of lessons from our children. If we've raised them to be discerning, then they'll bless us and say, but dad, you said this. Yep, you're right. I did say that. I was in the wrong. 
It's when we try to withdraw from God's discipline that we're in a very dangerous place. And that's the trouble. When God's scourging, when his discipline comes, that's the last thing we want at the time. But it's exactly what we need. Again, our passage says that God disciplines us for our own good. He's the perfect Father, the perfect Heavenly Father. So think specifically, on, back on 2016, how has God disciplined you? Maybe he gave you physical pain. Maybe God gave you mental pain, spiritual or emotional pain. Maybe God corrected you in front of other people, and it was humbling. Don't forget these lessons. And be encouraged by this. If you have not received any discipline, then be scared. Illegitimate children, bastard children, don't get disciplined. Even if you don't think you've been disciplined, then pray for more of it. But be prepared when God gives it. If you have received discipline this last year, you are a child of God. You're loved by your Father. If He did not love you, He would not discipline you. So I saw a tip to have a happy 2017. Every day, take a little note and write something happy that happened to you this day. Take your little note, put it in a jar, do that every day. And at the end of 2017, open the jar and read it, read your little notes, and look at how happy the year's been. Now that gives you up in the morning and keeps you going. Have at it. But things like that, Do not discipline and prepare you for holiness and for godliness. We live in a very sentimental day, a very happy, crazed day. We we live in these platitudes. So Bob Dylan, any Bob Dylan fans out there, said, (laughs) don't know Bob Dylan? That's a sad state of affairs right there. Bob Dylan is a great American poet. Didn't he receive the Nobel Prize recently? I think he received a Nobel Prize. But Bob Dylan is a musician, folk singer, and he said, happy, happy is a yuppie word. It's not about happy and unhappy. It's about you're either blessed or you're not blessed. Happiness is not joy. Happiness is not contentment. You understand. We require discipline so that we'll be growing in holiness. Now, some of us had authorities who were truly abusive in their discipline. And I don't mean the postmodern sense that pretty much everything is abusive. I mean, some of us had authorities who were actually abusive. They were evil. But that's not how God the Father is. He always disciplines us for our good. And it's always beneficial. It's never abusive. It's always just what we need. But others of us, we recoil to discipline for every worldly reason. We simply do not want to grow in godliness. We don't want to grow in holiness. And so we hate to be disciplined by God, and we hate to be disciplined by others. The fathers and mothers in this church will fail to discipline perfectly. That's a fact. 
But I'm convinced that our tendency will be to fail to discipline by being lazy and not disciplining when we should, rather than disciplining abusively. I look at some of you young people here this morning and you say, well, you don't know my dad and mom. Sometimes they absolutely lose their minds in discipline. That's not loving. That's not for my good. Listen, I know your dads and moms well enough, and you could not do better than the dad and mom God's given you. And you can only pray that you are as good at parenting as they have been, if, God, if and when God gives you your own family. So stop wasting your time complaining about your dad and mom's leadership and discipline of you. If you complain, you won't grow from it. Just be content with it. I'm wasting my time if I look back and think about my dad's failures, my father's failures to discipline me. The truth is, my dad disciplined me. And if he did not, I would be dead in a gutter right now. And that's not figurative. If I didn't have my dad's discipline, I would not be here right now. Hebrews says, our fathers disciplined us basically the best He did the best he knew how. He did his best. Every father does the best he knows how. But not God the Father. He disciplines us perfectly every time. He's preparing us for glory. He's preparing us for heaven with him. And that's the most hopeful, happy new year 2017 message I can give you. God disciplines us as he prepares us for glory, for heaven with him. This year, as you're disciplined, receive it. Learn from it. So Pastor Max Carell in Bloomington, he's been a father to most everybody here. His dad taught him two things that I want you to remember. Fear God and love the scriptures. Know God's word so that you will understand God's discipline of you. Get to know God's word. It's not about you. It's about him. So this year, it's January 1st, know God's word. Discipline yourself to read his word every day. And if you get off track for a couple days or a couple weeks, don't give up until January 1st, 2018. Get back on the saddle and keep reading again. Read the Proverbs. 31 chapters in Proverbs, right? And as you read, don't just think, wow, my buddy Charlie really needs to hear this passage. Think, wow, how do I need... I'm reading the one reading it right now. I need to hear what I'm reading. Discipline yourself first with God's Word. Do not reject the discipline of the Lord or loathe his reproof. Whom the Lord loves, he reproves, even as the Father corrects the Son in whom he delights. Let's pray.